0: point is, let's connect and chat about what is on your radar right now. Hi, I'm Kate Lynch. I'm a nutrition and fitness coach and author, and I'm here in rural Ontario with Laureen Partington.
1: Hi, I'm a yoga instructor and a health and wellness enthusiast.
0: Join us as we ruminate, percolate, and delve into everything from coffee to foot fungus. Just kidding. But seriously, we promise No mindless banter and no curse of knowledge potholes. Just straight talk and great stories from fellow travelers and heroes amongst us with actionable steps to consider for each season of your life. Brace for impact. The point is, be ready for anything. Hi everyone, it's Kate and Lorene and we are here on December 17th, right, Lorreen? I think so, yeah. Yep, December 17th, and Lorreen, you are about to take a trip? Yes, I am.
1: I am just getting some last-minute stuff together and packing, and I am headed out to Edmonton to go see my family. I grew up in Edmonton, and um, I'm very, very excited about it. Um, That's fantastic. I'm really, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing my peeps. Good
0: yeah and and then today what do you what do you have on today?
1: well, today actually, so I had to make sure that I got some errands done this morning because um I teach a private class Tuesdays and Thursdays. What and, kind of class? Oh, sorry, a private yoga class. <laughs> okay. And um, I um, today is going to be our last day before Christmas, and so every year we have um, after the last uh, or the last class before Christmas, we've had a lunch or something. But today it's a little bit later in the day, so we're going to have tea, and I'm bringing um cheese and like a charcuterie tray and um yeah it's just they're very very lovely um warm caring women and um it's it's i've learned a lot from them actually they're both in their uh late 60s 70s and it's uh it's very i always learn something talking to them so i'm really looking forward to that yeah what about what about you what do you have on today
0: Well, this morning we rocked it in the barn uh, at Custom Fit Vitality with our hit, so our high interval, uh, high intensity rather, interval training class at 6 a.m. in our century old barn, and we like to think of the barn as our un-gym. It is not heated, not heated, and we are in rural Ontario, and it's chilly. like this morning it was quite cold, but if you get moving and you're with great people, it's you hardly notice. The time flies. I think that's true when you hang out with uh, great people and you're doing something you love. Uh, So I did that this morning. And I, when you and I are done chatting, am going to pick up the proof of my new book Mm -hmm. uh, called Nourish Express Lane, the 10-day guide to bring your body home. I am so excited.
1: So exciting. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah,
0: I'm super excited. We... Uh, this was a labor of love, for sure. I had a lot of fun writing this book. I did it with a team of Nourished veterans, as we like to call them. And I think they were all told, 11, 12, I think there were 13. So lucky number 13, nice. people helping contribute and proofread and brainstorm and troubleshoot or I like to say solution uh, seek if you will uh, to put this project together I didn't know that I was I, I shouldn't say I wasn't sold on writing another nutrition book writing books is is a ton of work and I'm not afraid of hard work but I wasn't sure that that was something that I was going to do And this just came together from some nutrition groups that we had basically from March through, gosh, end of September, early October. Mm -hmm. And the book is the culmination of the last four and a half years of research since my first book came out, Nourish, in 2016. So four and a half years of research, and then this, it kind of, I like to think of it came to its zenith (laughs) for these coaching groups. And I really learned a ton. And what I thought we would maybe talk about today, and we'll talk more about the book another time, but I thought I would talk a little bit with you, uh, Laureen, about and share with anyone listening about the idea that one of the most amazing things I learned through the process that I just shared was truly oh. how we see things differently mm. it, it, it and and the perfect example would be would be typos right it, you know, when you give that many people so i think i gave one two i gave four people full printed copies of the book and then a couple people had full digital copies so not all 13 got the 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 final rough draft if you will so the second or third draft Right. But it was something else to see the typos and the edits. And Lorraine, at one point in the final hours of this, you sat with me and we went page by page through someone else's edits. Yep. And uh, because I was starting to see double because I, <laughs> I felt like it was on a timeline, given the nature of the industry that I'm in, which is nutrition and fitness coaching. New Year's is a big time of year. And I really wanted to get this in the hands of people. Based on, and you were in many of those groups with us this, this year, that system that we put together of both sharing information and camaraderie, you can't beat it. It was awesome. So we took that and put it into a book and, but that was really, I was just stunned by How different every, I was stunned and I should say horrified. (laughs) Because you you think that if you had that many people with eyes on a project, everybody would see the same typos and there you go. But that's just not
1: how it worked, was it? No, it really wasn't. It is, it was funny to, to kind of go through some of the process with you, um, and see, you know, the typos that I found and, and things like that. But like you said, going through somebody else's being like, you know, cause you are a bit horrified and I was horrified even in myself going, oh, how could I miss that? <laughs> you know? And, and, but it is, it's all about perspective and it's all about, you know, what, uh, the way different people's minds work and what they see and what they don't see. And, and yeah, I think it's, I think it's fascinating. I
0: forgot one person and it's just shameful, but at the, in the final hours, I gave a copy to my husband, Derek, so I gave him a hard copy to, to look at. And he always brings just such a great perspective. And I will tell you, it's Derek came up with the title. So he gets all the credit. Derek is the reason that we are in the top of the barn. That Mm -hmm. was his idea. Many, many, many moons ago. Why don't you take them to the top of the barn? I looked at him like he was nuts because it was full of old hay and coon poop, but <laughs> we, we, we tore out the floor. Well, well, we took out the hay, we tore out the floor and we, we, that's where we hang out. We also have an indoor studio as well, but we love to be in the barn. But anyway, Derek had a great perspective. So I, I want to lead into something else here, but when, when you and I sat here at, at my office desk and I was really, I, I really had done some, kind of marathon writing and editing sessions because i had to and so a couple things come to mind for this that i'd like to share with anyone listening and i hope perhaps this is somewhat useful or at least remotely entertaining (laughs) the first is the only person putting pressure on myself to get this project done was me the truth is nobody cares if I get it done or not. I mean, there are people who might perhaps like to have a copy in their hands. There are people who maybe would never do coaching with me, but are interested in in what we have to say over here who would like a copy. But nobody was knocking on my door saying, where is it, Kate? I okay. had to do that. I had to do that. And I love the quote mm. that is, your heart is what keeps you going when no one else would even know if you quit. So it's your heart that keeps you going when no one knows if you you know, no one would even know if you quit. And I would add to that, nor do they care.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love that quote. It's so true. You know, it, it is, you know, like you said, the camaraderie that you get from other people is amazing, but really, and uh, you know, you say this all the time, but it's true. Like you're the one that has to lie with yourself at night, you know, and yes. you're the one that has to live with yourself, right? And and if you are um, you know, living up to those things that you say you're going to do, you know, it it is a lot easier to go to sleep.
0: And you know, Lorraine, that's another, there's another great quote, and it is this, and I'll say it twice. 100% is easy. 99% is hard. So true. So I'll say it the other way. 99% is hard a hundred percent is easy. And the best way to explain this, I think, just to kind of quickly get it is, if you lied 1% of the time, you're a liar. Right? Or, you, or I should say, you are someone who lies, right? Yeah. I, I, won't, I won't pigeonhole the person. So, and, and often lying can make life harder. We all kind of know that, right? Yeah. Whereas if you are someone who has integrity and is honest, even though you may come up against hard times, Chances are way better that you're going to be able to find a solution or get the help you need or make a plan or turn your ship around if it's gone way off course, if you tell the truth. So when I was thinking about the final parts of finishing this book and you were sitting here with me at the desk and I literally thought that I was, I thought that, you know how you can take certain fonts and you can make them in a shadow? Yeah. My eyes were so tired that I was sure that some of my subtitles were shadowed and I kept <laughs> fixing them and fixing them and fixing them. And, and I, and I thought, Oh my gosh, I'm really losing it. So Laureen showed up and we were going through, they were either more of your edits cause you read it twice yep. or they were somebody else's edits. And you said, so Kate, you have exactly this paragraph and it was a big paragraph. The paragraph was, I don't know if you took your thumb and your middle finger and stretched it out. It was that long. It was yeah. a long, a long <laughs> paragraph. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you said, you have this paragraph here on page 73 and you have it here on page 42. And I yeah. said, no, no, I can't. And you said, no, you do. It's verbatim. It yeah. the same paragraph <laughs> yeah. right here. And then you literally, you flipped back and forth with your fingers. Yeah. You had your thumb and your middle finger extended and you're like right here. and right here and i said and i looked and i thought oh no but my point of sharing this little vignette is this i needed you in that moment to help me reframe it because if i've learned nothing as a coach if i have learned nothing as a coach you have to be somewhat pedantic. You have yeah. to, repetition is key. Totally. You got to say it lots of different ways. And you would know this from teaching yoga. Yeah, And people learn differently and people have to hear things over and over and over again. So I knew that I wanted to say the same thing more than once, but yep. I literally, it was verbatim. <laughs> yeah. And Lorena was like, I think you can, I think we can fix this. Yeah. But you I was so tired. You had to help me. Yeah, we, we had to write it together. I just yeah. couldn't I could not do it. So part of sharing this is you have to ask for help. You have oh, to yeah. ask for help. Yeah. And yeah. so I could have been like, Oh, whatever. But I would have had to live with the fact that I knew the difference. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And Lorraine yeah. knew the difference. That would have been very, <laughs> very, very tough. And then there yeah. was one other thing that came to me last night as we were teaching the last boys hockey team dry land training for 11 and 12 and soon to be 13 year old which they love to tell us we're almost 13 year old boys in the barn right before they came up the stairs I had a flash and I'm a big believer in listening to your flashes and my flash was about one thing in the book that came to me and I won't say what it is it doesn't matter and I thought, oh, you should fix that. And I had already sent it off to the publisher. I'd already yep. sent the book. I'd already sent the manuscript, the covers, everything off, the, all the artwork off to the publisher. And I thought, oh. And then I was like, Kate, oh, come on. At some point, you have to ship it. At some point, you have to let it go. Yep. But then I, after the class, I came in. And it was, I don't know, 7, 15, whatever at night. And I'm not much of a, I'm not much of a night owl. So I'm pretty well done by that point in the day. But yep. And I thought, you know what? 99% is hard here and 100% is going to be easy and I sat down and I took the hour because of course when you change one thing in a book you have to change everything from the yeah. table of contents to, I mean it's yeah. sickening it's really yeah. sickening Yeah. and I like it when I'm not under a time frame I don't mind it actually I find it kind of fun it's like putting together a puzzle it's like cooking yeah. I don't like to bake but I like to cook and uh, and to me writing is very similar to to cooking I mean mm-hmm. there is there is kind of a recipe but that's another topic sorry so <laughs> anyway I knew I couldn't live my with myself yeah I knew that I could not live with myself because I believe in the notion that when you when you don't follow up on your word to yourself when you don't follow up on your word to yourself you store that in your body you store that on a cellular level
1: yeah yeah oh I, t- I totally believe that to be true you know what I mean even if you just think about all the times that, you know, people have said, Oh, I'm going to start exercising, or I'm going to, I don't know, whatever it is, you know, and then you just don't do it. Like you feel that you feel that deep down somewhere, you know, and it is like letting yourself down. And um, yeah, it's not a great feeling.
0: No, it's a poor feeling. Yeah. And I think that one of the things when I think about a big project, like writing a book, and I, I am not too proud to say or to what's the word I'm not too shy to say I don't know yeah um writing books a big project it's a a huge project and I think you got to see a bit of that behind the scenes it's one thing to have the words but you got to put it together right
1: yeah it was very eye-opening yeah (laughs) Yeah.
0: but the thing is when you when you say you're going to do something like that you have to be willing to in my opinion you know and I've done I've done three of these now so I've I did Nourish, which is a nutrition coaching book, my first one. Then I wrote a novel, which, Mm -hmm. as I have been teasing, is sitting in a drawer (laughs) that I did have some people read and that I will revisit at some point when I have more courage. Mm -hmm. And then I finished this book, which I'm going to go get today. Right, I'm going to get it today. Um, But what I have learned is you have to be willing to be bare naked. Mm. And that is one of the reasons people don't do these big projects. Yeah they don't ask for help if they need their basement cleaned out because they're embarrassed. Yeah. They don't need, you know, they don't ask for help if they don't know how to shop for clothes that fit them because they're embarrassed and they don't want to feel foolish. Yeah. And one of the things that I'm not afraid to do is I'm not afraid to feel foolish. Like my, some of the writing, some of the drafts that my early readers, so those early readers are the people you give your, let me roll the take back. Sorry. First you write your garbage draft and your garbage draft is just almost stream of consciousness. It's mostly, it is garbage. Then mm-hmm. you go through as the writer and you pull out the nuggets that might be worth salvaging. And then, then you flesh that out and then you distill it down and then you give it to someone to read. And that's really the first draft in mm-hmm. my, in my opinion. So there's the garbage mm-hmm. draft in the first draft, but let me tell you, a first draft still has a lot of warts. Like it is still the good, the bad and the ugly. And, and you have to be willing to get bare naked and, and show that side of yourself to make things better.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, it's so true in, well uh, clearly in writing and you know, in, in everything, right? Like if you don't know, you do have to ask. And I think, um, you said something once, uh, I was saying to somebody else, something like, you know, you just have to know what to ask for. And somebody else said, and you have to know who to ask. And you said, the person that you will need to ask will show up. And you will just know, which I think is is very true, you know, and you, like you said, you just got to pay attention to those ideas, those flashes, those, those things that pop into your head and be like, mm-hmm, okay.
0: Well, you know, I think that's just a takeoff on that whole idea, the teacher appears when the student is ready, kind of, you know, which is an old saying, and I think it's true, but that, what is it, Um, oh gosh, luck is when opportunity meets preparation or something, I'm totally butchering this, but I (laughs) I hope people know, you have to be prepared so that when opportunity knocks, you are ready to go. Right. And I think, I think that's
1: part of being vulnerable and being open and, and, um, you know, being ready to look foolish because that opportunity might be something that you've never done before. And it might be something that, you know, changes your life.
0: And there's a part in the book towards the end where I'm wrapping up this nourish express lane book. And I talk about that exercise we did in the barn where I asked people to be very still and I did this we did this with the kids this fall too so imagine you are skipping rope you're going as fast as you can your heart is just pounding your breathing you know is has picked up so your respiration is up your heart rate is up your body temperature is up your adrenaline is up because the music is right to the boards and you're in that great big century old barn that kind of feels like a cathedral with the big high ceiling and the big north door is open Mm -hmm. and Charlie, the barn cat is dodging, (laughs) skipping ropes. And then I blow the whistle and the deal is you have to be totally still. You can't fight. You can't fidget. You can't change your, your hands on your rope. You can't tie your shoelace. You can't look around at other people. I, I don't even hardly want you to blink or swallow. Yeah. And it's only 10 seconds, but it feels for some people like an eternity. Yes. But practicing that stillness is when you get those little messages, right? Yeah. You get yeah. those flashes. You know, I was I was waiting in the top of the barn for you custom fit people that, who help with the boys and the girls hockey teams as, uh, as leaders, if you will, for the actual training sessions. Mm-hmm. And I was just sitting quietly for a moment. And that's when I had that flash to go back in and change that piece in the book. Mm-hmm. Just, it was a simple thing, but it was, It was, it was actually, here, I'll come clean. It was a food log and, and it was just a photograph. And I just, I knew it needed to be not a lot bigger, but just a little bit bigger and making something bigger in, in a manuscript is, is a pain in the neck. It's not that hard, but it's just tedious anyway. So you got to have those moments of just being still. And that I think is where you've got to be willing to be vulnerable and you have to be comfortable or you have to practice let me reframe this. I would invite you to practice being still paying attention to opportunities. Perhaps people get really big on saying no all the time. And that's mm-hmm. really great because you don't want to over extend yourself. But sometimes you have to say yes. Yeah. Right. Sometimes yeah. you have to
1: say yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because like I said, I mean, you never know when it is something that is going to change your life you know i mean when you and i first met i am i enjoy being silent and still and you know and that was kind of my gig and uh and when you and i met and and i started to come to the barn to the to the um hit classes um i thought no way you know this is not this is not for me, you know. Whatever, and I was open because I, we have a friend who um, who went before me and loved it. And now it is seriously one of the highlights of my week is to come and and I couldn't do without it, you know. And and so for me to say yes to something that I was scared of and something that I felt foolish at and wasn't coordinated and all of that kind of stuff, it's um, it, it really has. It it was just you know something to take a chance and say yes, and and here we are. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, and just to be clear, for anyone who's listening who needs a little more context, so what we're talking about is basically a boot camp style class, so we're talking about high intensity interval training, so we call it hit h i i t and but it's like a boot camp class, and we do things with timer uh periods of work, periods of rest, but it's intense. We could be skipping rope vigorously, we could be doing pushups vigorously. We could be lunging around the barn. We could be doing burpees, could be anything. But anyway, I, I, one of the things that I tease Lorreen about is that <laughs> when I was first approached by Lorreen's friend about Lorreen coming to me as a private coaching client. And I heard Lorreen's story, which someday I think we should get into, uh, mm. which would be interesting for people to hear if they're, if they're interested. That was redundant, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> yep. uh, I said no. Yep. So, so our friend, and we'll just outer. So, our friend Rhonda came to me, and Rhonda has been a longtime client and friend of mine, and said, "I have this friend. She has recently gotten her life together, and I think she would benefit from some coaching." And she elaborated a bit more on Laureen's story, which we won't get into now. And I said. Hell no! <laughs> I said, <laughs> I said, not interested. Um, not my cup of tea. Beyond my scope of practice. Send her to the psych ward. Whatever. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Lori.
1: <laughs> but I said
0: no. I just, you know what? No, sorry. I just don't. That's not my thing. I don't want to do that. Yeah. But Rhonda, being such a good friend,
1: yep,
0: circled back again to me, and uh, like six months later or whenever it was, and she said, you know, Kate, she's really doing well. I, I, I. Is there any chance you just see her and only because it was Rhonda? Seriously, only yeah. I said, okay, right. <clears throat> and now, so I tease Laureen that you were a hell no to a heck yes.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um,
0: so it's uh it's interesting to think about being vulnerable. And I like to use the term feeling a little bare naked. Yeah. And letting people one of my favorite phrases that my very best friend in the whole world uses is boy it's a it's a brute when you get caught up in your own underwear mm-hmm. <laughs> so the idea is what she's saying is if you get up in the morning and you can't even get your underwear on straight like you know that you're yeah. in a jam yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully you can let the corners of your mouth turn up ever so slightly and just fix the problem and move on but When you are willing to feel a little bare naked, get vulnerable, get out there and ask for help from, as Laureen was alluding to, the right people, the right time, because everybody in our team of 14 helped make the book better.
1: Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: beyond typos, edits, brainstorms, what's missing, don't call it that, call it this, don't refer to people like that, do this. All beyond all of that, one of the most important things for me personally was having people on my side to fulfill a dream.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah.
0: I needed, I needed substance and not just cheerleading. Mm-hmm. But I must say that when I looked at you on Sunday <laughs> afternoon, you came in the house to bring yet another copy. you know of edits yeah and I looked at you and I said I actually could really use some cheerleading I need some cheer I need someone to tell me I can do this yeah I need somebody to just sit with me for a second as I finish some of these things and do some uh, solution seeking and and you never missed a beat you said I'm your girl (laughs) yeah totally I am a great cheerleader you are fantastic (laughs) you are one enthusiastic bugger that is for sure you bet so (laughs) in terms of coming up to the holidays just i want to share this idea so this just comes from i realized i realize that this year is 30 years of coaching for me wow and because math is my kryptonite and i try to avoid numbers as much as possible and i hardly <laughs> ever know what day it is or let alone what the date is but i realized that i mean it helped me but if i started earnest i mean i coached kids as a teenager but like in 1989 i really started my coaching business with wow. equestrians and yeah. So is that correct? 2019 yeah. minus. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So it's 30 years. Yep, so if I, if I have learned nothing, it's this, you got to get started. Yes. I I have a very hard time coaching people who are inert, right? Yeah. It's it like, so, and this is true, whether they won't do anything when it comes to their food or they won't do anything when it comes to taking their horse over a jump, or when it comes to doing a burpee, I need to see something to, to give some feedback, because really coaching is just feedback, right? I mean, it's just hopefully constructive feedback. So I find it very tough when, when, when nothing is happening, you can't take energy and channel it in either the same direction that's serving you, or turn it around and channel it in, say, another direction that might serve you better Unless you start to, you start the fire, right? Mm -hmm. You got to start the fire. Yep. So I've, so I've learned that. And then the other thing, and I was thinking about this in terms of the holidays. (laughs) So I want to share, and this is really just kind of a, if you look at nutrition and fitness and to keep it really simple because of the time of year. And I know people get a little spun this time of year sometimes. Yep. Yep. Instead of nutrition and fitness, let's just call it food and movement. Nice. (laughs) All right. Yeah. So, food and movement instead of nutrition and fitness. So, here are some things to think about, and I'll say this twice because that's how you coach. You got to get really repetitive. (laughs) I always tease in my classes that I sound like the Charlie Brown teacher. (laughs) (laughs) But it's amazing to me. I have clients who've been with me for you know years and years and years who say to me, "I know you've been saying that for years, but today." I finally just figured it out, you know, so Yeah. yeah. Okay. So here it is. When it comes to your movement and your food, anything is better than nothing, but nothing is better than the wrong thing. Yeah. So anything is better than nothing but nothing is better than the wrong thing. So let me elaborate for a second on this. So anything is better than nothing in terms of movement. Right. Walk up and down the stairs in your house a couple of times. Get up and down off the floor a couple of times. Take the dog for an extra walk. Walk to the mailbox instead of driving with the car. Um, Gosh, when your kid is at the hockey arena, just casually walk up and down the bleachers. You don't have to do stairs up and down the bleachers like you're working out like Rocky, but -hmm. just walk around and visit people. Mm -hmm. Stand instead of sit, right? Do a wall squat. So when it comes to movement, anything is better than nothing. Stretch in front of the TV, right? Okay. But nothing, nothing is better than the wrong thing when it comes to your food.
1: Okay. So, So what does that
0: mean? Okay, so if you are somewhere and there are really, really fabulous treats that you love, you can't wait to have, then have them guilt-free, enjoy them, and move on. Mm -hmm. The idea is don't miss twice. So if you can, do your best. If the whole day is a write-off, then the next day, really look after yourself, right, Mm -hmm. in terms of your food. So just make healthier choices the next day. If at all possible, let's say you have to go to a noon party, then don't have pizza that night, right? right. If, you can, if you can help, okay? But if you go to a function, and there is absolutely nothing that you want, and you know, and or, you know, the food there is not going to serve you, it's, really, it's actually going to, let's say you are gluten intolerant, and they have nothing that's gluten free. Let's say you're, you're allergic to dairy and it's all cheese, right? whatever. doesn't matter. Let's say that you don't eat, uh, I don't know, gosh, I mean, I could go on and on. It doesn't oh, matter. Yeah. yeah. So then just drink water, mm-hmm. just drink water because the chances are very, very good that you will not starve between that party. And when you get home to eat something that is a better choice for you. Yeah. So I'm not saying skip the treats. But only eat the treats if you really want them and they look good. Yeah. You don't have to just eat treats because they're there. Yeah. And
1: yeah.
0: then, my other thing is for not politing yourself, we talked about this in another podcast, is just say, Oh, can I take some of these to go? Yeah. Wrap them up in a napkin and toss them to the squirrels as long as there's no wrapping on them, right? <laughs> on the way home. Um, yeah. But, but so anything is better than nothing when it comes to movement, but nothing is better than the wrong thing when it comes to your food Mm. and just drink water. And then in terms of alcohol, because I was, I was listening to that Annie Grace yep, and she was saying something like 86 or 83. I can't remember the statistic. I think it was 86% of people drink alcohol.
1: Well,
0: I think, Hmm. and Lorene is not an alcohol drinker. Um, So, which is great. But um, anyway, if you're going to drink that whole idea of alternating a drink with water a drink water and a drink water is a really good idea because in many ways it is the dehydration that kicks us in the butt the next day right and if you're a wine drinker and you and you can stand it just turn it into a wine spritzer so i often do half white wine half perrier Mm -hmm. yeah i realize that that's not how you enjoy fine wine I am not talking about being a sommelier and going to some fancy place. I'm talking about you're at somebody's party. They offer you a glass of wine, fill it halfway and put the other, put the other half or fill it with club soda. It makes a huge difference. My sister, Jennifer, who was our podcast number one guest, Jennifer Sell, Jennifer Curley. She (laughs) and I did that over Thanksgiving Mm. and we were laughing about how great it was because you just don't, Feel crappy at the end of the yeah. night, and you don't yeah, feel exactly. crappy the next day. So yeah. anyway, yeah. Yeah. those are those are some ideas there to kind of get through the holiday. Anything is better than nothing when it comes to movement. Just do something, right? Yeah. Doesn't have yeah. to be perfect. Doesn't have to be scheduled. You don't are scheduled. You don't have to put on your Lululemons or your sweatpants. Just exactly. just do something. Yeah. And then, but nothing is better than the wrong thing for you. And let me add that for you. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. the wrong thing for me may not be the wrong thing for you totally and that's so don't let somebody you know i talk in the book about the food police Mm -hmm. don't be the food police for somebody else like don't police other people's food unless it's a toddler right and good luck with that yeah (laughs) Uh, and don't let people food police you
1: yeah yeah you're an
0: adult you can eat what you want yep Right. I mean, yep. I, last time I saw when I went to functions and it may be, I don't know, maybe it's changed today, but the last function I went to, nobody strapped anybody down,
1: and yep. you know,
0: and force fed them Nanaimo bars. That's how you say that, right? Nanaimo. That is how you say that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> when I moved up here, I called them Naomi bars because I didn't <laughs> realize it. And I was like, that's kind of funny. Naomi bars, right? That's and what fun. is a, What is a Nanaimo bar, Lorene? Do you know how to describe them to someone who doesn't um, know for our U.S. Is, listeners? I guess
1: so. Like the bottom is like a chocolatey coconut, um, like base, almost mm-hmm. like a soft cookie. Okay. And then the middle is like a sweet um, custard. Um, oh, okay. And yeah. then the top is like a hard piece of chocolate. Mm-hmm. And they're—I think Nanaimo you did a good lunch. job. Yeah, because yeah. they were uh, invented in Nanaimo,
0: B.C. Okay. Yeah. And you're a good Albertan girl, and yes. you knew that. Cause yes, I Because you're from Canada. I That's guess right. they probably have them in the States. I just didn't grow up eating them. So I thought they were Naomi bars. So, <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. Awesome. yeah. So I think the point is here today, there's a couple of points. And I, I don't know if we should just pick one, or do you think we should, can we have more than one? I don't I know. I think it's we can like, have more
1: than one. I think we can. Right. Yeah.
0: All right. So I would say 99% is hard. 100% is easy. Yep. Consider that in all aspects of your life. Like when you take the laundry out of the dryer, what's harder, folding it right then and there, or as Derek says, being a laundry rooter where (laughs) you have to root through the (laughs) unfolded clothes or even if they are folded, put them away because it's like my daughter's famous for that. We fold them and put them in the basket and then she roots and it's a gong show. So it could be laundry. It could be making dinner. It could be going back to your car and taking the garbage out. You know, if you had a fast food cup or whatever, just go back and do it. It could be setting out wood for your fire the night before. So then in the morning you're not out there four in the morning like I am trying to get wood that's covered in snow you know (laughs) just take that extra two minutes wash your face before you go to bed yeah stretch take three conscious breaths right though they it seems harder in the moment but not doing those things whether it's pausing to breathe or putting the laundry away is harder yes it's harder yeah exactly and then the other point the other point is Anything is better than nothing when it comes to your movement. And nothing is better than the wrong thing when it comes to your food. And you and I, before we got on to record this, we also said that that anything is better than nothing. Nothing is better than the wrong thing is something to really think about
1: with people. Totally. Totally. You know, you and I have talked about this a lot with our kids. And, um, you know, both of us having teenage daughters, and really trying to explain to them that, that being alone is better than being with people who bring it down. You Mm -hmm. know, and Mm -hmm. I think it's and I think it's so true for, um, you know, this time of year, any time of the year really is to think about who you are surrounding yourself with and what Um, What you how you feel afterwards, you know, and um, I think it goes back to that whole idea of being um, still and Mm -hmm. listening to to yourself and listening Mm -hmm. to, um, you know, how things affect you.
0: And, you know, I think with that whole anything is better than nothing that might come into play this time of year when you don't want to go to a party. But you know what? Sometimes just getting out of the house and you may you may have to kind of fake it till you make it. Yep, but then you may be like, you know what? That was okay. Yeah, and that exactly. was better than nothing. That was better than sitting at home watching Survivor, right? Exactly. Or whatever. Yeah. So, I think it's kind of it it's a bit of ebb and flow here. It's a little bit of I guess give and take or I mean, you can pl- you can apply this different ways, but so sometimes anything is better than nothing. Sometimes yep. that that girlfriend who is perhaps uh, I don't know, someone that you like but isn't your bestie Yep. it's still fabulous to go have coffee with totally. And, you know, and sometimes uh, nothing is better than the wrong thing. If you have to go and sit through some obligatory holiday coffee date with someone who just last year, it sucked and this yep. year. It's going to suck again. Yep. Perhaps you should be busy. Well, <laughs> right? yeah,
1: you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> All right.
0: Well, Lorene, I hope you have an awesome trip. And I'm looking forward to uh, seeing you upon your return. And thank you all for listening. And we will talk to you soon.
1: Bye-bye.